Five Sign Podcast, episode 91. I'm your host, Annette Gora, and my hope is that this is a place where you'll find encouragement for your home and your soul. This week, we're starting a new series on the Holy Spirit. It's something that I have been digging into over the last few years. I've been pretty passionate about it. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, I think it's one of those topics where people are like, okay, this is too weird. I'm going to tune out. I'm going to take a step back. Or some people are all in and they're over the top and they're all about it. And there's some of us who have been in the middle and we're not sure what to think. And in this journey that I've been on, I've been reading and studying and listening to sermons and, and asking God to speak and open my eyes. And so my hope is just to invite you into this same journey that you will start to ask questions and ask God to, to lift the veil a little higher so you can see more of him. Because we don't, we don't know everything right now. None of us have arrived. We're not, we're not at our full capacity, right? As far as in on this side of heaven. And so I also don't have all the answers. What I'm sharing with you are things that I've been learning and that I'm pretty excited about. This first episode, we're just going to be talking about kind of an overview of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be throwing a bunch of Bible verses out there and some general information or just some general thoughts about the Holy Spirit. But as we move forward in the study, we're going to be talking about the names of the Holy Spirit and where he shows up in the Bible as wind and as fire, how he's called a deposit, an advocate, how he's the new wine of the new covenant, how he's the convictor of sin, the revealer, teacher, author, all sorts of things. Next week, we're going to be talking about breath. I'm pretty excited about that one, how the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. So to start out this week, I first wanted to just talk about the, just the phenomenon of God living inside of us. And it's weird, right? And I think we have to be willing to get a little weird. We have to be willing to let ourselves get a little bit weird. Uh, because a lot of us, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we think of a ghost. We think of churches where people are running around and raising their hands and just maybe a acting in a way that is foreign to us in our, in our church circles. I'm not sure. But I think we need to put some perspective on it to understand it. You know, we're concerned about the active side of the spirit, right? I really think that we should be less concerned about it, though, about some kind of big thing happening when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, when we believe, right? Because he's God in us. That's God living inside of us. Our real concern, rather, should be that when the living God of the universe enters this frail human frame and nothing happens and nothing changes, that's actually scarier if you think about it, because something should be different, should it not? Like, why aren't we, why aren't we blowing up with all the amount of energy that exists in this triune God that is dwelling inside of us? The fact that people, when filled with the Spirit of God, are falling over or shaking or laughing uncontrollably, because as you read and study, that's some of what happens. It starts to look like a small thing, right? Because they're filled with God. With the Holy Spirit comes joy, comes power. Now, some of those examples are, you know, manifestations of the Spirit that are, I don't know, I, I've heard the word said ecstatic before. And I'm not saying that in order to live by the Spirit, we have to, it has to be represented in that way, or we don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we shouldn't be so surprised, nor should we be scared or fearful of being too much. It just seems like God's presence within us would be, or should be, more obvious. Paul said to the Corinthians, uh, it's in 1 Corinthians 14, 32, 
the spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. So in other words, you don't have to be afraid that the Holy Spirit all of a sudden is going to do these things to you that you don't want him to do. Like in the end, you're in control, so to speak. The Holy Spirit, he's a gentleman. One of my friends has explained God to me in this way before, and I love it as it applies to the Holy Spirit. He's like a guest. And the more space that you give this gentleman in your life, the more he's able to do in that space. So we can't force the Holy Spirit, but neither can we force his gifts. We can only welcome him and open up and then give him time and space to work in us as he wills. And I wanted to throw that out there, this idea of the Holy Spirit being a gentleman, because I don't want people to tune this conversation out because they don't want to be overly expressive. They don't want to be involved in some kind of mystic experience because it doesn't always play out that way. You know, the Holy Spirit isn't going to come upon you and you're going to be speaking in tongues or, you know, shaking. And it's not like he's going to come upon you and you're going going to be doing all these out of the ordinary weird things. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit should look weird to us. It should be a powerful thing. And, but again, we have this gentleman that comes in and God in us changes us. And the more we are open and available to his power, the more it's going to come alive in us. So I think, you know, as God works in us, we're more willing to step into spaces where we feel uncomfortable and that we're going to give him the power to work and he shows up there. So I just wanted to throw that out there so no one gets scared and you're willing to sit and open your hearts and and hear what God has for us in these episodes to come. And on the flip side of that, we don't need to be looking for the manifestations of God, of the Holy Spirit for power, right? Uh, We're not looking for ourselves to be able to, to do amazing things or to be seen or to have something that someone else doesn't have. Having the Holy Spirit And wanting more of God in this way means that we're looking after the glory of God. And within that, when we do that, with that heart and that heart posture, we give him the freedom to do whatever he wants to do in our lives or within our church. We give him more power to do greater things when we make it about his glory and not about our own glory. So there's really so much to discover. There's so much to receive. There's so much power where the Spirit of the Lord is. And there's freedom, so much freedom. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, this is a beautiful verse, one of my favorites. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And guys, who doesn't want freedom? And I'm just one step into this journey. I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit just in spades over here. I don't have freedom in spades, but I'm asking for it. I'm seeking it. I'm learning about it. One of the books that I read on the Holy Spirit recently, uh, I've actually read it a few times, was Forgotten God by Francis Chan. It's a good book. It's a, he has a lot of good nuggets of truth in there. One of, one of the quotes that he has right in the beginning that really rocked my world was this. If I were Satan and my ultimate goal was to thwart God's kingdom and purposes, one of my main strategies would be to get churchgoers to ignore the Holy Spirit. The degree to which this has happened, and I would argue that it is a prolific disease in the body of Christ, is directly connected to the dissatisfaction most of us feel with and in the church. We understand something very important is missing. The feeling is so strong that some have run away from the church and God's word completely. So that was a quote from Francis Chan. And it's so true. I think that's one of the reasons why I've been so drawn to the Holy Spirit over the last few years, just in my own life, is I've I've wanted to grow and I struggle and I fail and I'm and so many times I'm not getting anywhere. 
And why is that? There could be lots of reasons for that, let's be honest. But I do know that the Holy Spirit within us is supposed to be God's power within us. And I haven't properly understood that or tapped into that. That I know for sure. I also think sometimes for a lot of us, it's something that our churches don't really teach from the pulpit. Maybe they're afraid they're going to lose people. Maybe it's something the older people in a church aren't comfortable with. You know, there could be all sorts of things, but I don't think that it's fair to the body of Christ. And it's definitely not good and healthy in a church to ignore the power and work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's because of that, that we don't hear much about him, that I really think we don't realize the power that's available to us. Heck, that's already in us. It's at our fingertips. We don't understand this person of God. And the truth is that we all want to grow and change and go deeper with God. We want to love people better. We want to move past the same sins we keep tripping over, don't we? I think part of the reason we hit these stalemates in life is because we do not even know who the Holy Spirit is or how he works. So that's what we're going to find out in this study. And I, and as we learn about him in this same space, I want to challenge you to be asking the Holy Spirit to show up and do a work in your life. What I've found and what I know some of the ladies in my in the um, small group that I lead where we're learning about the Holy Spirit is that, you know, as we've been reading, as we've been singing, as we've been looking for God in our lives, we're finding him. I say this all the time. He is here. We just have to look for him. Ask him to open your eyes to speak to you, and he will. And if you're wondering how I can make that statement with such confidence, all we have to do is look at Matthew 7 in the Bible. Matthew 7 verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And if that wasn't enough for you, in Luke eleven thirteen we read, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? Just take a minute and maybe write a few things down or think, you know, what's the first few things that pop into your mind? (laughs) Is it a positive image? Is it a positive thing? It might not be because sadly it's, it's something I believe the church has tripped over and kind of left out of the conversation because it's a little too weird. So let's start looking at some of what the Bible has to say. In John 14, verse 16, this is where Jesus is talking to the apostles. And he tells them, If you love me, you will obey what I command. In verse 16, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And that's it. You know, right there, that counselor in some versions, he's called the helper or the advocate. And what's a counselor or an advocate? An advocate's somebody that supports and defends and safeguards and protects the vulnerable. And isn't that a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit in us? When we look at it like that, When we realize that we have him because we're vulnerable without him, doesn't that make you want to embrace the Holy Spirit all the more? Hmm. Well, a few more points here about who the Holy Spirit is. He also has a will. We read in John 3, verse 8, that the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. 
so it is everyone born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is referred to as wind a lot throughout the Bible, and that's another thing we'll talk about more in depth later. We'll get into counselor more in depth later. I'm just kind of giving you an overview right now. But as far as the wind, it says it blows wherever it pleases. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has this will. And we know that when you have a will, that means you have a choice. You have, you have a preference. You choose things, right? You lean this way or that way. And the Holy Spirit, who is God, has a will. We also read in Ephesians 4 that the Holy Spirit has emotions. If you can, That's where it talks about... Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with who you are sealed for the day of redemption. If we can grieve the Holy Spirit, that means we know that he can feel emotions. And the Holy Spirit also leads in Luke 4. We read that, you know, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, when he left the Jordan, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he led Jesus. He led the apostles. He leads us. The Holy Spirit, as we've talked about a little bit, also lives in us. In John fourteen seventeen, we read that, you know, remember the world cannot accept him and neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So it's important that as we hear about these characters and qualities, it kind of makes the Holy Spirit come alive to us, right? It helps us to realize that the Holy Spirit is a person, not just a wind or a blowing breeze or a force, an actual person. And if he's a person, that means that we can get to know him personally and we can develop a relationship with the Spirit. And, you know, this is a relief for those of us who are scared of the Holy Spirit, which I think many of us are, because again, the whole weird factor, the out there factor, we don't want to take things too far. We kind of care too much what people think about us. But we don't want to be, I guess we don't want to be the guy who gets overwhelmed with the Spirit of God on the way to Walmart and, you know, starts speaking in tongues or is just overly spiritual, blah, blah, blah. You get it. But it's interesting, right? We can know this guy. We talk about him in the, as the third person of the Trinity, but we don't talk to him and allow ourselves to relate to him in relationship. And again, why is that? Because Jesus said he had to go away so one greater than he would come. The greater one is the Holy Spirit, guys. Let's Let's find out who he is. Because I can for sure tell you, if Jesus was here among us, we would be all about getting to know him in relationship, right? We would want to be around him talk about him, know about him. The greater one is here, the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about him. Let's get to know him. He also spell, He also fills us, Ephesians 5.18. This is the verse that says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So when you're reading that verse, you can see we can be filling ourselves with the world and the worldly things, or we can be filled with the Spirit, ask for more of the Spirit, ask to know Him in this way. And what comes out of that? That's when we speak to one another in Psalms and encourage one another. It's a beautiful thing. It's something we should long to do. One of the things we'll look into as we move forward also is, you know, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? When does that happen upon conversion, baptism? And we'll talk about that. You know, some of what I've read on it that's been put out there is that it's not as important when, but just that He comes and that he's here, and that he lives in us. I think a lot of us think that, you know, what's the big deal about the Holy Spirit? Well, the big deal is, is that Jesus said in John 14, 12, that I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And did you hear that? That we will do greater things? Jesus said that. He said, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do even greater things than these 
And what were the things that Jesus did? He healed people. He performed miracles. He showed love and kindness. And, and we get to do greater things than that. We can. We should be. Why? Because he sent his spirit. Listen on. In John 16, a few chapters later, Jesus tells his disciples, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. Now, what does that really mean? Counselor that he speaks of here is the Holy Spirit. And how did Jesus go away? That's when he died. So he had to die so that he could send his spirit. And I'll explain a little bit about that, a little more about that in a minute. But one of the things that I want to touch on here this morning for you is that it's important for us to know about the Holy Spirit and his power because Jesus said that we'll do greater things because of him. And so it's kind of, you know, I was thinking about what's a good analogy. And I was thinking about driving a car. In order to get somewhere, you have to know how to drive it, right? But is that enough? It's kind of like this Christian life. You have to have the Holy Spirit. You have to be born again. You have to believe in Jesus to be a part of this family and all that goes with it. But is that enough? It's enough. But if you think about in a car, do you just need to know how to start it? Do you have to know where the gas pedal is? Do you have to know how to put gas in it? You know, do you need to learn about the brakes and when to turn and what and what safety procedures are out there when you're driving? You know, there's different speeds. There's there's all kinds of things. You don't just get in a car and know the the minimal amount of information to drive it. You have to learn about it to use it properly. And I think that's the same with a Christian life. We don't want to forget or neglect the Holy Spirit. Uh, if we want to get the most out of our our walk in Christ, then we need to learn about who he is and the power that he has and not ignore him. So coming back around to what I was talking about, as far as Jesus saying, you know, you'll do greater things because I'm going to the Father and I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. He also talks about the body. And he's so if we think about when Jesus was here, you know, he was a man, he was fully God, but he was still a man. So he wasn't able to be in more than one place technically at one time. So of course he had the power to do things here, there, or anywhere because hello, he was God, right? But you know, when he was sent away, I believe that's why he said, one greater than me is coming because he was sending his spirit and the spirit would be able to live in the hearts of all the believers. And it's a way that he unites his church, how he makes the body of Christ work as a body because he's inside all the different moving parts. So if you think about like think about when you meet another believer, you know, if you run into someone, you think there's something there's something about them. I think they might know the Lord. You feel connected, right? Or when you actually are having a conversation, you find out somebody else is also a believer and they love Jesus. You kind of love them, don't you, just a little bit and you're excited about them. There's a camaraderie and a connection that you cannot explain. And I believe that's because the Holy Spirit in you is recognizing himself in another person. And there's a spiritual connection to that person because God is living in both of you and God is one spirit. So it talks about this a little bit in 1 Corinthians when uh, Paul is explaining about spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, he says that there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. If you read on, it says how the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And to one, it's given a message of wisdom. To another, it's given a message of knowledge or faith or a gift of healing. All of these different kinds of spiritual gifts that we receive in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, but he says in verse 11, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. 
and he gives them to each one just as he determines the body is a unit though it is made up of many parts and and though all its parts are many they form one body and so it is with christ for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body whether jews or greek slave or free and we were all given one spirit to drink so it talks about how the body is not made up of one part but of many right there's a foot the hand can't say you know why am i not a foot the ear couldn't say why am i not an eye but the fact is is that god has arranged the parts in the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be the same is true in our physical body as it is in the spiritual body of christ so if we were all one part if we were all ears where would the body be right so as it is there are many parts but one body so god has combined the members of the body and he has so when christ left the earth when he ascended into heaven he sent his holy spirit but what i'm trying to say is that the holy spirit was given to us and now the body of christ we're, we're all hands and feet and faith and wisdom and we all have these different gifts working in us and we together we make the body of christ and it's what connects us to one another and that's why that's why we don't want to ignore the holy spirit he's alive in us he's gifting us if we want to be an active and useful part of the body if we want to get the most out of it if we want to grow we have to be aware of who he is and what he's doing and what his power is like that analogy i shared earlier we have to know something about this car we're sitting in if we really want to take it somewhere and so that my friends is a little window into why we don't want to neglect the holy spirit and learning about him we got to find out all the details about how this sucker works so that we can grow and use the gifts he's given us to bless the church to grow our faith to know jesus in a deeper way so thanks for joining us today Thanks for sticking with me. I'm pretty excited about this series on the Holy Spirit and just sharing as I learn more about Him. I'm also going to be throwing in some design episodes, maybe some interviews within this series. So it's not going to be all Holy Spirit all the time, but there is going to be a theme and we're going to be trotting down this path together for a while. So stick with me. Have a great one.